Hello and welcome to Dan, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. I am Doug, and these are my Acute Mental Neuroses. We're going to have one that's really going to rile me up at the end that's not pop culture. Um, you can probably tell a little bit by my tone I'm still upset over something as it happened within the last 24 hours. Um, so I kind of want to try to dial uh, uh, back and do the, the kind of riling up, uh, upset one, uh, last, so I can just kind of finish on it. You know what? Rethinking that, I'm just going to do it first. Uh, it all has to do with the day job. I've got a coworker who, whether unconsciously, subconsciously, uh, probably subconsciously, because unconscious when she could do it, uh, when she's sleeping, it, it makes me feel that she doesn't think I can do my job. She's, um, in my opinion, overreaching her, uh, boundaries, with me, um, she's going over my head and talking to the owner about things that I think, as a manager, they should come to me about first. And it comes in terms of machine maintenance, um, which is, that's fine. That one doesn't bother me. Um, but it, it's, it's about hiring and scheduling. And, you know, I tried to explain to her that, you know, it makes me feel disrespected and ineffectual when people go above my head. It makes me feel like people don't know, you know, people think I, I can't do my job, that I'm doing a bad job. Um, she was not, I, I don't feel receptive to how I felt. Um, she was trying to talk me into hiring someone who has no experience so that we could train them, um, despite my apprehension of hiring anyone without experience um, in our given field. And bottom line, I told her yesterday, I said, have the kid come in and talk to me. You know, I'll make a decision then um, to give him a chance or not. Uh, and she brought it back up today and was like, we should hire this kid. I'm like, I told you, I, I didn't say this part. This is this is me and the computer talking right now where I said, and us, the listeners, all both of you, where I said, I told you yesterday that have him come in and talk to me. I'm not just going to blindly hire someone without experience and he goes well I'm not asking you to and that actually didn't happen and I said well I, I told you yesterday have him come in there's nothing more I can do there's nothing more you can do it is up to him to come in but it's just this pattern that I've talked to her about about overstepping boundaries and that she needs to dial it back and you know it's getting to the point where I can feel myself kind of bubbling over being upset and going you know if you want to manage this place I will talk to the owner and we will figure something out and I can move to a, a different aspect of the shop or I can you know find a different position within his kind of umbrella of companies and you can take over because if you think you can do my job better than I can that's fine goodbye and good luck you know that's not the right attitude to go into it with and I'm I'm trying and I'm, I'm failing I'll be perfectly honest I'm failing um, to see it from her point of view um, and that could be partially from me being overbearing. Um, I'm, you know, I think I am brick walling her. Um, I realize that just talking about it right now, um, that I say, look, I haven't come in. There's nothing more I can do. Well, that's a brick wall. I'm not giving her an out. Um, I'm not keeping that an open answer. I, 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 but at the point that the, the mood I'm in right now, the way I feel, I don't think that I could be receptive to her point of view and that would be unfair to her to talk to her uh, when I'm in that um, and it's just the long and short of it on that one you know I, I do get stressed from this job it's not a hard job but it is stressful I just had another employee give me two weeks notice 
um, her other job pays her better. I don't blame her. I'm, I'm okay with that. No feelings of process whatsoever. Wish her well. But having this person try to um, micromanage my managing uh, is, it, it's annoying. And I can't say the word annoying to her. Um, I, I do have to expand my vocabulary and say, disrespected that you know it makes me feel ineffectual it makes me feel that you guys don't trust me it makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong um, and these are things that maybe I, I can say to her um, calmly and and see um, I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for a hundred percent validation on my feelings but just to get them out and to have her be at least receptive to like look this is how it makes me feel whether you mean to or not this is happening and it's causing me emotional stress. Let's get on to something a little better. Let's talk about the fact that I just had kind of a breakthrough while talking about uh, brick walling and uh, emotional um, vocabulary in that I've been listening to um, old episodes and seeing, because this is going to be basically, this is, this is my one year anniversary. Uh, this will go up right around the same time that episode one or the pilot went up. This is the 52nd episode. Like I said last week, that means DC will probably reboot me. But I, I think I've come a long way. Um, I think that I still struggle. Um, but I think it's I, I struggle better, if that makes any sense. And my problems are not insurmountable. I don't feel so bogged down by everything I feel, and I can get it out, and I can get it out here, and I can get it out about you know 80% to whoever I'm talking to and communicate what's going on in my brain which is weird because I just started writing some uh, a stream of consciousness poetry and my brain is a very fucked up place I think I've come a, a long way I'm not done, many more miles so to speak but I've come a long way um, I recognize that anger is a secondary emotion I'm working on trying to see things from uh, different people's points of view I know when to kind of walk away from a conversation uh, whether it's over or not that I go look this isn't working at this exact moment I'm gonna walk away for five minutes maybe go smoke a cigarette um, and we'll return to this that I don't want to you know speak out of uh, anger or being upset or being depressed it, it's it's actually scary listening to, to how far I've come it makes you feel good it does I'm a wholly different person than I was two years ago and listening to the guy that started this podcast a year ago that I was talking so much about what was going on in my head that was so terrible and then I'm going, there's not a lot of terrible stuff in my head uh, anymore. There's not a lot of long-standing stuff. It's all stuff that happened in the last 24 hours or, you know, kind of chronic problems that I'll get to in a second or a couple minutes to be more accurate, but that... I really am trying to clean up kind of the, the poison in the well, and the less poison I have, the shorter the episodes get, and the better my weeks go, um, the better I feel. You know, I, I talked a little bit about how some of the writing in Fear Agents tends to mirror my kind of psychological mindset, and part of it was that I uh, had written that the main character had become kind of insubstantial and was trapped. And um, when he stops being trapped in, in a cage, he ends up in a suit of armor to protect himself. That's very, very telling. And then um, his friends don't recognize him when, he, when he's in that armor, and he proceeds to kind of keep the ruse up that, that the character is, is gone, and he's this new one. And 
really he ends up imprisoned again and the only way to get out of it is to show people who he really is uh, to tell the truth and I think that's very telling that I was I'm, I'm holding on to stuff or that I'm still afraid to kind of 100% be myself and uh, you know what that is is I'm afraid of negative reinforcement um, you know people calling me an asshole or having friends blow up at me um, you know co-workers not understanding where I'm coming from you know I'm, I'm, I'm working on it um, I'm like I said many miles ago but coming from last year's point of view I'm doing significantly better and I can say that objectively listening to myself and going I'm not that guy I'm not that guy I was two years ago I'm not that guy I was a year ago uh, truly personal growth and change which I'm very very proud of in that I have been taking more kind of therapeutic classes I started uh, at time of recording I started yesterday um, they're not as therapeutic as I thought they would be and maybe it's the first class and I'm getting my footing and it was just that class was you know a different um, dynamic uh, in terms of how they do the therapy and it's new people and you know that's always going to cause anxiety but I thought I did well I had some good uh, input to the group therapy and uh, talked to the counselor about you know this is where I, I've, I've been this is where I'm coming from this is where I'd like to go um, and it was all very cogent and articulate and uh, emotionally articulate as well so we'll see uh, that's going to be for the next couple months um, it's not hyper intensive um, that I've noticed um, so I'm hoping I will get out of it what I want to get out of it which is to better process my feelings in terms of uh, depression and anxiety which now it's been a couple minutes I'll talk about that I've been going through another mild depression I, I was good for a couple weeks and then lately it's been just an uphill battle to get out of bed and get motivation for things and I'm distracting myself with um, movies and television shows which sounds fun but you know it, it just shows that I'm not motivated to work and I have to look at that and go well things need to happen I'm the only one that's doing them uh, I can't get depressed and just go I don't wanna um, that's not the way that the day job works that's not the way the network works but I don't necessarily want to distract myself I need to process the depression I need to find out what's making me depressed um, I know I suffer from mild depression and I don't I think it could simply just be uh, the time of year when my brain chemistry kicks in for you know a week or two and after that I'll snap back out of it I don't really think that anything external is depressing me because I'm doing okay I mean I talk about being in a social rep but that's fine at least I'm getting out into the world I'm getting more comfortable um, it's lessening my anxiety um, you know it sucks these classes take uh, the exact same time that I uh, go to uh, would go to um, trivia section my socialization is getting cut almost in half um, but the fact that I went out and did that is good and I'm gonna try to kind of go out more on the weekends and explore different coffee shops and talk to these uh, different people and I'm gonna try to kind of offset uh, and rebalance uh, my socialization um, and hopefully that'll snap me out of the the, the depression so you know um, I, I need to kind of pull my head out of my ass I need to pull my head out of my input ass and stop uh, just kind of going in and watching stuff and ignoring the world ignoring how I feel because that's not the way it should work um, I once again need to be very uh, acutely aware of how I feel.
Um, speaking of how I feel, uh, I had a wistful uh, nostalgia moment that was so powerful I almost cried. And what made me almost cry was Frank's 2000-inch TV by Weird Al off of the Alapalooza album. Ever since Mandatory Fun came out uh, a month ago, I've been kind of on this Weird Al kick, um, which is really, it can't be said listening to Weird Al, it's really helped the impression um, to put me in a better mood. But I was on the train on the way to actually record uh, No Plus a couple weeks ago, and I just remembered, I was like, oh my god, I remember hearing this when I was 12, and I danced, and it was fun, and I laughed, and I smiled, and, like, you know, I remember buying, you know, Alapalooza, like, with my own money, and there was a sense of, not adulthood, but, you know, that, like, I bought this with my own money, and I, I earned it, you know, and to have that kind of, those childlike feelings that I hadn't felt in so long that I, I, I don't really get excited like children do, and to have that kind of overwhelm me, I thought was, you know, I wanted to bring up, I don't necessarily, you know, need to talk about it at, at a great deal, but it was one of those where I was like, oh yeah, like, there was a time where my friends thought they would torture me by putting Cindy Lauper on some headphones and snapping them on my head, and I just curled up into a little happy ball and listened to Cindy Lauper as I have very fond childhood memories of being happy to Cindy Lauper. And the same goes for Weird Al. Um, and door slamming in the background. So it was this really nostalgic moment, and I really, I, instead of, like, being embarrassed, I really just owned it, and I just stayed there, and it was like, okay, like, see, you can have good, uh, positive feelings, uh, that overwhelm you, as opposed to just focusing on the negative ones like I do on this show. Um, because usually those are the ones bothering me, as opposed to the happy ones that don't bother you. Because happy feelings don't bother you. They make everything less bothersome. And finally, on the list you cannot see, um, speaking of things that bother and are not bothersome, uh, I want to talk a little bit about my dad. Um, I found it very odd talking to a co-worker a couple of weeks ago that I have this fascination with moving downtown and... You know, I started talking about my dad a little bit in reference to this landmark restaurant in, in downtown uh, that he would take me to uh, whenever I would see him. And it was one of those where I was like, oh, that's really weird that I have this magnetic pull to live in the same uh, area that he lived in after my parents' divorce. And I'm wondering if that's because I associate it with kind of the, the freedom that I that I, I got off of him getting out of out of a, a, a divorce a, a, a bad marriage um, whether it was bad for his fault or my mom's fault it's not for me to decide uh, that's their circus their monkeys not my concern not my turn not my problem I found it very odd that I was like well my dad was you know probably about my age I was living in a studio apartment in Capitol Hill and I remember we'd just sit and we'd watch, you know, movies on Sunday uh, uh, afternoons, and we'd watch Saturday morning cartoons. We eat cereal out of the box with our hands, and we'd go to dairy. And it's like all of these positive childhood memories with this man whom I barely have any contact with, but the, the sense memories are so strong about loving every minute of those weekends and watching Godzilla movies and Clash of the Titans and Bondathons and Doctor Who. And, and, you know, Pee-wee's Playhouse and, and, you know, whatever else cartoons were on um, at that point in time that I loved. 
you know, I mean, I remember watching my dad, you know, read and going, well, I'm going to read those books. And he would draw for me and he would draw my micro machines and it was fun. And it's one of those where I, I honestly think there's something in the back of my head saying, if you live there, you will be happy because you'll be projecting these happy childhood memories onto yourself. Now, is that accurate? Uh, in what I just said, yes. That I will be projecting those childhood memories onto myself, yes. Uh, will it make me happy? That I don't know. But I need to be ready uh, when I move. Then I need to be ready to accept that maybe they won't make me happy. And I'll be putting my putting myself in a position where I will need to be responsible for my own happiness and not reliant on nostalgia. And these, you know, 15-year-old uh, uh, memories that may not be as accurate as I think they are. My dad was present when he saw me. Almost four weeks out of a month, he wasn't really present outside of, of, of being uh, the threat that if I was bad, my mom would call him and he would yell at me. I think I need to be a bit more even-minded in terms of remembering my dad, um, especially when I'm going to make life decisions like moving places and for what reasons am I doing it. Am I doing it because I want to be in that area and it's uh, convenient um, for the day job and it's convenient for uh, a burgeoning social life and just my personal growth and well-being? Or is it because when I was eight, I was happy when I was there and will it make me happy, you know, 20 years later? I don't know. But I know we're coming up on time. So from damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses... I am Doug, and from Dam, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my acute mental neuroses. Good night, Internet. Oh, yeah. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!